Welcome to Guess the Year. I'm the host. My name's Mike. Today we've got five deadheads from around the country competing for not an REI gift card. They're competing for a prize pack uh, donated by Play Dead. I'm sure most of you know Play Dead. For those who don't, Play Dead is uh, like a preeminent Grateful Dead design company that has outfitted John Mayer and does insanely cool design work, both dead related and not. The winner of today's competition will get two shirts, a tote, and some stickers from them. Thanks so much to Play Dead. Uh, which is a collaboration between From the Lot, who is Charlie Milkshake's dad, which is another really cool designer, and then also Jeremy and Studio Sevens. I was introduced to From the Lot by Mason. I was introduced to Mason by Jack, who was on the first episode. And many people listening are probably listening because they heard about it through From the Lot's Instagram account, So, which has always been insanely cool to us, and now they're sponsoring the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, here's how the game works. We'll play the first part of a Grateful Dead live track, and each contestant will use the messaging system to silently guess which year their performance is from. Contestants who are all on video chat to prevent any possibility of cheating can submit their guesses at any time during the clip or in the 10 seconds after it concludes. Whoever is furthest from the correct year is eliminated. The last two deadheads standing will have a best of three series to determine a winner. We've got our returning champion Nate here with us, and we'll meet the rest of the deadheads in a moment, but first, let's hear the first song. Without further ado, the Grateful Dead. the guesses are in it was playing in the band at manhattan center in new york city on april 5th 1971 the longest ever playing the band is 46 minutes and was performed in seattle at heck edmondson pavilion on 5 74 so we only had one person get it exactly and it was nate our returning champ nate would you hear there um so 71 uh I, like i said last show uh that's super my ballpark my favorite era uh, it's pre-72. 
Um, so what gave it away for me there was single drummer, Billy only. Um, the audio quality, kind of rough. I heard a little feedback there. Uh, brings me back to those old days of feedback. Uh, definitely didn't try it on purpose, but it was there. That's an early, it's early. Uh, that wasn't happening later on with better sound engineers. Um, and the other thing that brought it home for me was like, it's very basic. They did they weren't, they weren't like, there was no noodling around in any kind of new territory. That was, pro that would have been the first two months of the song. So pretty, pretty early, pretty just plain and simple, playing the notes, singing the song and no Donna coming in, which signals that it's not 72, 73 or 74 or any time other than 71. Cause she joined at the end of 71. Great breakdown. And thank you for being here instead of studying for finals. We all appreciate it. Blair guessed 1970. Blair is 39. She's from Fort Collins, Colorado. Blair, you're also on the next round. What'd you hear there? Um, same thing as Nate. Um, early dead. Uh, heard one drummer, no Keith. So it was like 1970, 1971. I was like, which one to pick? Just went with 70. So <laughs> great. And, and how'd you get into the dead? Um, I was probably like 10 and I got, um, skeletons from the closet or, um, American beauty, maybe, um, I was really into classic rock at the time. So I think, you know, I was really into Led Zeppelin and that was just like the natural progression getting into the dead. Um, and then in high school, um, it was the nineties. So like my music options were going to Best Buy and looking at CDs. So I started buying the Dick's picks and, really got into live dead then um yeah and i've been listening since do you still listen to classic rock as well or is the dead kind of like replaced it um occasionally like um we have a big vinyl collection so we'll pull out some older records occasionally but i mean we're really in my house we're really into the dead uh my partner likes fish so we don't have a lot of variety going on so it's mostly just been like a self-exploration. There's not been like that one kind of deadhead who indoctrinated you. No, I don't think so. I mean, it was the early 90s and it was sort of like how it is now where, you know, kids are wearing Grateful Dead shirts. And, you know, I feel like I just, you know, saw other people wearing dead shirts and I was like, oh, I'm going to check them out. So, yeah. Cool. Welcome. Thanks. So... Mary and Ethan both guessed 1972. They're both on the next round. Ethan, we'll start with you. You are 26 and you're from Queens. Do you have anything you want to add sonically that you heard? Well, I will say that I did have 71 in my heart, but I hedged my bet. I heard the sprightly Bob vocal. That honestly was the number one thing for me where I'm like, wow, Bob sounds young and hungry you know, on this particular version. But, and I could definitely tell that it wasn't post, it wasn't Europe and it wasn't post-Europe, but I was like, maybe it was like one of those March 72 shows. Um, because I remember those were a little bit more bare bones than where they would take the song into, toward the end of 72 and onward. Cool, Ethan, how'd you get into the dead? I got into the dead through a podcast, actually. I was living in Brooklyn in 2020 and going on a lot of like really late night depressed walks. 
And, um, you know, podcasts would kind of keep me company. I was, you know, feeling lonely and really down at the time. And um, one of those podcasts that I was listening to was 36 from the vault. Um, I had, I had read the music criticism of the two guys that run that podcast. And I was like, you know, I don't really listen to the dead. I think I had heard live dead in high school. Um, you know, that the dark star on that one stood out to me when I was in high school, but beyond that, I kind of just shelved it for a few years. Um, and then it wasn't until, yeah, October, 2020, I started listening to 36 from the vault and, you know, I'm listening to the show and I'm like, Oh, this band is actually pretty good. Like the musicianship is there. Like they seem to have a lot of fun, but what really drew me in um, was like how nerdy you can kind of get about it. Like the fact that you can have a conversation about different years and you can start comparing and contrasting. So it became this sort of, in a way, kind of academic pursuit for me of just like, okay, this is something I can get really obsessed about while I'm feeling like, really down and like I've got you know I've got shit going on in the rest of my life that I'm like trying to you know get away from so you know it was a really it was a great beacon of light for me for quite some time and then you know I started listening beyond the 36 from the vault stuff the dicks pick stuff um and it went beyond an obsession to sincerely like a philosophy of living um and I so I live my life by the music and lyrics of the Grateful Dead now <laughs> wow how would you encapsulate that philosophy if you had to give a elevator pitch of said philosophy <laughs> sure I, I can do my best um i would say that for me the philosophy of the grateful dead is that of the human condition is that of improvisation and to accept that and to go along with the dance to understand that to be human is to yearn to search for the sound if you will, um, and to find joy and abundance in that search and community as a result of going on that search. Beautiful. So Ethan, you have a great dead-centric TikTok account. How do you use that account as like kind of an outlet for your love of the dead? That's a great question. I really, well, actually, so it started as a blog, which does not exist anymore. I took it <laughs> off. I took it off the internet. Um, <laughs> I did. Yeah. I started as a blog, but, um, I was just like, mm, I was on TikTok. I was either listening to the dead and, or on TikTok in like late 2020. And so I was like, Hmm, like make the content you want to see in the world. So it was like, I kind of moved that blog from the, I moved my ideas from the blog to TikTok. Cause I was like, Oh, I kind of like, I like being on TikTok, but I kind of wish I saw more, Grateful Dead content on here. Like, I just kind of want to watch people talk about the Grateful Dead and like what it means to them and shows they like. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess I can do that too. And so that's kind of how it got started for me, the TikTok stuff. And your TikTok is amazing. It's, um, you thank you so much. Down. Wow, that yeah, means a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's, everyone should check it out it's at Ethan J. Rosenberg. And, um, so, Ethan, you're on in the next round. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Mary is also on the next round. She also guessed 72. Mary is 40 and from Long Island. We've already covered a lot of the sound, but do you have anything you want to add? I, there's a lot that I heard that everyone else said. Yeah, I almost did 71. 
but I didn't hear pig pen at all. So I was like, and I just, that guitar sounded so much like I swear I associate 72 to be. So I went for 72, but it could have been 71. I mean, I, and obviously it was, so. <laughs> well, how'd you get into the dead? Like many of the younger heads, although apparently not today, through, through my dad. My dad's into the dead. Um, interestingly, it's like he was always into the music, but not the scene, you know? He only went to one show with Jerry, which was Radio City, October 30th and 31st, 80. And apparently they were doing all like this, they, they filmed it for a movie and they took an ungodly amount of time because they had set changes. And he was like, oh my gosh, is this how long they all are? <laughs> it's part of it. And he just wasn't into the scene, but he was into the music. But when I was in college, I, then I, we had like skeletons in the closet when I was like 12. We all listened to the dead, not a ton, a lot of other stuff, but a lot of dead. And then we got skeletons in the closet when I was like, definitely like 12. We played that a lot. And I really loved that. And then finishing high school, I started getting like some of the live stuff off Napster and really liking that until he totally dates myself, but Napster and then. A lot of last of my Napster and going to a tribute show or two in college. And when I was in college, my dad and I and brother sometimes started going to like Rat Dog and Fill in Friends and a bunch of things like that, you know. And we've seen Dead and Company and Dark, Dark Star Orchestra a bunch of times, either, you know, with my dad, without my dad, with my brother, without. We took my dad for his 65th birthday to Dead and Company. We're, take, we're taking him again this summer, you know. So it's kind of a family thing too. So you got That's your cool. dad into the live stuff then kind of. My dad's a big concert guy. Once we were old enough to like from to start doing his own thing again a bit more, he went to a lot of shows. He, I, I like to joke. He jokes he's earned his uh, hearing aids, but um, never into the partying side of it. You know what I mean? Wasn't really into the scene of the dead. Just loves like blues and music, you know? Um, went to a lot of free shows in Prospect Park. I'm actually from Brooklyn originally. So like stuff like that, there's different like jazz and blues and, you know, but um, yeah, I got him, we got together, started, we started going to more of the shows when I was like in high school, end of high school and college. And it's a lot of fun. Well, thanks for being here, Mary. You're on to the next round. Kim, you are 45 and you're from Loveland, Colorado. You guessed 1989. I'm sorry, you're eliminated. What'd you hear there? Um, you know, honestly, I, I don't really know what I heard there. And I, w I was pretty far off um, from what it actually what it actually was. So, uh, yeah, that, that that makes sense. It was just honestly not recognizable for me. I wasn't sure. I'm not sure if it was um, my connection or, or what. But, yeah, I didn't get anything from that. So that's actually a great segue to an announcement. We're going to have a bad connection redemption bracket next year. So everyone who had bad connections will come back on the show. Like William, the guy who had, couldn't listen to the dead while he was in jail. Cooper from the last episode. Hawk from the episode before. Jack from the first episode. So everyone will come back on. So you can join them, Kim. But um, how did you get into the dead? How did I get into the dead? You know, way back I had a friend who had a huge wooden ammo case just packed full of Max L XL twos. And, you know, he would play his shows from time to time. And at one point I asked, um, you know, Oh, hook me up with a really good show. And 
you know, I was probably, I was like 16 at the time. So I was probably asking for like a, a St. Stephen or an Uncle John's band, something like that. And he was like, oh, you should check out 5877. And I was like, that's my birthday. Um, and, and that was that. So here I am. Wow. That's how I got into the Grateful Dead. <laughs> so did you start going to see shows? I did. Yeah. I only saw, I saw Jerry once at Deer Creek in 95. Um, and yeah, and then I never really got on the Dead and Company bus. Um, you know, I tried to get some tickets for the Fare Thee Well, missed out on that. Had some Dead and Company tickets in 2020. And of course, that all got uh, ruined kind of with, with COVID. So I did get some Folsom Field tickets. Looking forward to that for 2023. That's so great. And so how do you listen to the dead now? You know, I am lucky enough that my spouse is super, super into music and audio. And when he's, when he sees that I guessed 89 on that, he's going to be, he's, <laughs> he's, he's going to be devastated. He'll be like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, so he, he loves archive.com. We literally have terabytes and terabytes. I mean, probably every dead show probably have that show that that you just played i'm just not familiar with it so um yeah kim you're great thank you so much for being here well um, hey thanks for having me i appreciate you guys um have a good time i'm gonna sit and hang out and listen nice and we'll see you on the um bad connection redemption bracket please yes for sure thanks right. mike take care <laughs> thanks kim all right mary ethan nate and blair on to the next round let's play the song guesses are in it was birdsong at Autzen stadium in eugene oregon on august 21st 1993 birdsong is a track from jerry's self-titled solo album and is about janis joplin who performed live with the dead and dated pigpen luke sent that song in uh king luke who has left us but is still with us in set list blair you guessed 1993 really really impressive what'd you hear there um, <laughs> I have sort of been catching up on some 80s and 90s dead because the 70s has always been my favorite. So 
um, I think it was earlier today, I was listening to a 93 show and I just heard sort of the same thing. Um, I knew it wasn't Brent and I just guessed the middle of the early 90s and got lucky. So, Well, you're on to the next round. Thank you. Nate, you're also on to the next round. You guessed 1988. Why 88? Uh, so as I said on the last show, I do not listen to anything past Brent. Um, <laughs> when I'm going through Dead of the Day, I start at the 60s. And there's very few days that I make it to the 90s unless there's only 90s recordings of that day. That's usually what I do. Um, so typically, I'll make it maybe to the 80s on a rough day. But I guessed 88. Um, I heard that real, that definitely late sounding uh, piano sound. I thought it was Brent at first, just getting real cocky. Um, definitely not as familiar with that Vince sound. Uh, Should have warmed up with that a little bit maybe. But uh yeah, I thought it was Brent getting a little confident. I uh, definitely could tell it would have been late 80s because just because of the confidence with Brent. Uh, early on, he doesn't like throw out and chime in a little in between, um, kind of like back and forth with Jerry. Um, whereas later, he kind of starts, they'll like bounce off each other. You'll get like a little Jerry lick followed by like a Brent uh, piano jam, and then they'll keep throwing it back and forth. Uh, some of the late 80s recordings are real cool when they're like, they're straight looking at each other on stage, uh, like July 4th. I think that's 89 Foxborough. Super good. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely was a little off there. That was, that was Vince. Okay. Nate, you're on the next round. Mary guessed 1983. And then you corrected yourself to 1987 right after we, but we had to take the first guess, but you're still on the next round. So it's kind of complicated. What'd you hear? And then what did you think you heard afterwards? You know, very similar to Blair. And a bit neat, like I'm always been much more into earlier dead, like 70s. Only just very recently, I've almost forced myself to branch out a bit to 80s and like try more 80s. I like the slightly more raw sound of the earlier 70s. And I like grew up on Europe 72. That was like the live album I heard the most of. And I've always liked that a lot. But then I thought I heard Brent, but I guess I was wrong. And also, I thought Jerry's voice sounded so good. Too good to be that late <laughs> so i i was just thrown by a few things well nice work mary you're on the next round ethan i'm sorry you're eliminated you guessed 1982 talk to us i knew this was gonna happen um <laughs> i knew i was gonna I, I really did i knew i was gonna bunt on a, a vince uh high um song um because i and i was thinking a lot about this uh in recent days uh, I wish I had taken a Grateful Dead fast, actually, prior because what factored into my answer of 1982 is a bit of confirmation bias. So I've been listening to a lot of 79 lately, and um, Brent is actually quite active on the keys in 79, not so much vocally, um, but it really quite creative and uh, unique playing um, in 79. But I was like, yeah, the tickling, you know, as Nate mentioned, was a little bit more confident than what, what I would expect from 79. So I like bumped it up a little bit more toward 82. I thought it was Brent. I will just say straight up. I thought maybe Vince, but I was definitely leaning more toward uh, the Brent sound with that. Because usually on the later 90s shows that I listen to, I listen to, in terms of 90s shows, I mostly listen to like 91, because I actually really love Bruce with the band, Bruce Hornsby. Uh, but 
this particular uh he's really high in this mix like he's just so high in the mix and i'm like i'm used to him being mixed so, so low so that's kind of all that went into my uh decision there of 1982. so you mentioned earlier that the grateful dead came into your life while you weren't feeling very well first of all how are you doing now and also how have the grateful dead been intertwined with like your emotional health journey i now I cannot imagine life without the Grateful Dead. Uh, and my life is better and I am in a better place mentally uh, because of a number of things. You know, I, I wouldn't hang my entire mental well-being on the Grateful Dead, but it's close. I will say it is close. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 98 percent, not 90, not 99, not 100, 98 percent. Um, and so, uh, you know, what has been really great, uh, you know, in addition to the feelings that it makes me feel and the thoughts that it makes me think, it's just having company in a way, you know, knowing that I can return to these tapes um, or digital. I, I, I listen to mostly archive stuff, but, um, you know, I can return to this music and it can sort of serve as like bookmarks, you know, of like, oh, like at this time where I was at this place, um, actually, I was living um, near Fort Collins for a while last year uh, for about six months. Um, I was in Red Feather Lakes uh, for the Coloradans out there. Um, I was listening to actually to a lot of 80s and like early 90s dead. Uh, I think Dave's 40 came out around that time. So I was listening to a lot of that. I think it's like July's. 15th and 16th don't quote me on that uh but it's dave's 40 i was listening to a lot of that it was like that's a late brent a uh, couple of late brent shows i was listening to a lot of that in colorado so it's like i can kind of point to a particular show and it's like oh like that that's how i was feeling at that time and it kind of helped me grow and i have changed as i listened to the music at this time wow so it like kind of grounds you. It, it like it like affirms yes. your existence. Like I was there. I listened to this. Like, one hundred percent. And I was so happy to be here with you all. Best of luck to everybody on here. You're all super awesome. Uh, can't wait to see what y'all do. Ethan, you're the man. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, Blair, Nate, and Mary are competing for two spots in the best of three series for the Play Dead prize pack. Let's play the song. Well, the joint was a jumping, going round and round. They were reeling and rocking. What a crazy sound. Oh, they never stopped rocking till the moon went down. Well, it sounds so sweet. Oh, I had a chance. I rose out of my seat. Thought I had it down. Started moving my feet, loading, clapping my hands. They never stopped rocking, going round and round. My head reeling and rocking. What a crazy sound! Oh, they never stopped rocking till the moon went down.
Around and Around at Stanley Theater in Jersey City on September 27th, 1972. The Chuck Berry song is a B-side of smash hit and frequent Grateful Dead cover, Johnny Be Good. Nate, known early 70s lover, got it exactly, 1972. You're on to the finals. What'd you hear there? Um, well, I was, I was arguing in my head between 71 and 72 and I could not, I definitely didn't get any pig pen, but I heard the key, um, which put me a little bit later, no Donna, uh, which puts me early, definitely one drummer. So that limits your options. Um, I went, I honestly went 72 to hedge my bets. I thought it was 71 and I hedged my bet on 72. Um, and it was a post Europe 72. So it worked out. Mary, you guessed 1975. You are on to the finals because Blair guessed 1968. You were one year closer. Uh, why 75, Mary? Oh, man. You know, I was thinking 72, but I was like, he just did a 71. He wouldn't do 72, would he? I was like playing the game a bit, you know? <laughs> but it was hard to tell. I thought I heard a little bit different guitar, a little more, a little like, I don't know the word. A little different guitar than I associate always with 72, but it was a post-Europe 72. That's probably why. And um, yeah, I loved it. I was listening for Donna. Didn't hear Donna, but she, was, she wasn't in every song, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I could tell it was definitely 70s. I wasn't sure when. So um, I'm excited to keep trucking on. You're trucking on to the finals. Blair, very close. You thought it was the 60s, 68. Uh, what'd you hear there? Um, I just thought it was a really early recording. I didn't pick up early seventies there. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I was getting more of that, um, sort of bluesy vibe than early seventies. So, yep. <laughs> I know Gemma last week and Nate also love that primal dead. Do you often find yourself listening to the sixties shows? Occasionally, but not a lot. Um, yeah, occasion. I really like that 66. I think it's a Vancouver show. Um, I love that one. But other than that, I don't do a lot of 60s. What's what's going on in that show? 66 is fucking early. That's yeah, <laughs> they play it on Grateful Dead Radio all the time. And um, yeah, it's just solid show. Just really different than anything else because it's so early. So you listen to like the Sirius station? Yeah, I work from home, so I'm not in my car a lot. But when I am in my car, that's what is on. <laughs> Got it. Do you have the app? Yeah. Um, I do, but um, you know, if I'm at home, I'm listening to shows on Nugs usually. Oh, okay. Do you listen to, like Dead and Co on Nugs or something? Or no, um, really, just Billy Strings on <laughs> Nugs. Oh, the first like... Billy Strings reference in uh, Guess yeah. the Year. Uh... <laughs> Uh, talk yeah. to us about Billy. What, what's uh, what's the draw for you? Um, I don't know. I just, um, you know, during the pandemic, we were at home watching streams and just got really into it. Um, saw him at Renewal the first year he did that and have just been obsessed since just listening to every, basically every show that's on Nugs. I'm going through them all, so. And he varies the set list a lot, right? Um, sometimes, yeah. The lots of covers, lots of traditional songs. Yeah. So there can be a lot of variety there. So Billy is acoustic. He doesn't have a drummer. 
what excites you about his sound the most? I love it. I mean, um, like in the early 2000s, I would see Yonder Mountain String Band all the time because I was in Boulder and, you know, they were local and um, just fell in love with like the jam grass thing and um, really haven't found a new artist that I am into for years. And then Billy came along and it's like, I'm finally into something new again. <laughs> cool. Do you think he should replace yeah. John when John leaves? No, no. I Ooh. think he needs to keep doing his thing. <laughs> I saw the I went to those Billy and the Kids shows and I thought he was great there. Um, but no, I, I want him to stay with his band and do his thing. He has his own music and it's great. So Nate, you've been nodding along. You uh you a strings fan as well. Oh yeah, I was looking for my chance to to peek in here. Uh Billy Strings, <laughs> as as a young as a young person, uh gotta find uh the new the new young people to say, ah, when I was back when back when I was young, I saw him in person seen Billy strings three times in the past six months. Uh, he's fantastic. Uh, I was at the show where he like proposed, he did like a pseudo proposal to his <laughs> fiddleist to like add him to the group. That was, that was, that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, and I just saw him like less than a month ago, saw him for two nights and down in DC and I, he's just great. Uh, everything he does. And I agree with Blair. I think he needs to stick, stick with his own thing. Not that he can't uh, get involved occasionally like a uh, Billy Bobby and Billy strings get together definitely needs to keep doing that but also i think sticking with his own thing and it's all it's really reminiscent of when you were saying with the no drums really reminiscent of olden in the way if you're familiar um i'm not sure if there's drums in jerry garcia acoustic band but if you haven't listened to jgab uh they did a short run in 87 uh phenomenal they 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 do some really great late acoustic stuff um where they would like they would I don't know. I thought it was, I think it's phenomenal. If you're into the Billy Strings acoustic stuff, definitely check those two out. I feel like it's good marketing for the dead to be playing with these younger acts too. And I think it's great for Billy Strings too. He's getting, I feel like you go to his shows, half the crowd there is wearing dead gear. Like people aren't like, I mean, I bought myself a Billy Strings merch, don't, uh, like a shirt. Don't get me wrong, but I'll wear a dead gear to the show and half the other people will be wearing the same tie dyes that I see at a dead show. And there is a, there is a strong influence from uh, a lot more. It's a lot more country influence. Uh, what's the one jam band? Dave Matthews band. There's a lot of Dave Matthews band influence. There are a lot of a lot of people who might not be deadheads. Uh, still like jam bands though. Uh, still big jam band scene. Uh, it's just a lot more people who like Dave Matthews band, which I personally have never listened to, but I can see how it's related to Billy Strings. Cool. That's a good primer for anyone listening who hasn't gone into Billy Strings. Maybe I'll have to check. I definitely have to check this out. Um, cool. Oh yeah, check out some of his jams. He's got some good twenty-minute turmoil and tinfoils. That's probably as pretty similar to uh, closest to some dead stuff as you'll get. So he jams on an acoustic guitar for twenty minutes. Yeah, but he does like some. He sometimes he'll throw in. He'll like he has like a pedal. It'll like switch his acoustic to an electric sound, and so he'll be mid jam and he'll he'll swap to an electric solo. And the other guys will kind of fade out and he'll go and jam for a couple minutes. And honestly, it's kind of weird when you're at the shows, uh, the people dancing, it like decreases when he switches electric, which really confused me. I assume that's everyone's there to see country stuff. So whatever, I, I end up being the only one like dancing real hard to those electric parts, but maybe that's because I like the psychedelic stuff. Um, but yeah, no, he'll help. It, he does. It's pretty much all acoustic first set, but second set, he has some real nice jams. He'll go 20, 25 minutes on songs. Uh, very, very much like the dead. You'll forget what song you're in and boom, here comes the, here comes the kicker after 10 minutes of jam. 
So it, I would, I would recommend it if you haven't tried it out. Definitely live shows like Blair was saying. Cool. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Blair. Thanks for uh, broaching the Billy Strings topic. It had to happen eventually. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. Cool. Well, appreciate you being here. And Mary and Nate, you're going on to the final best of three series. Nate trying to defend his title. Mary looking to take him down and get the play dead shirts. Let's play the song. guesses are in althea I'm, I'm bringing the hits today Jeez, it was althea at penn state university on may 6th 1980 robert hunter said the title character was inspired by minerva the roman goddess of wisdom nate you were closer you guessed 1985 mary guessed 1990 nate you go up one zero in the series talk us through it that one that one was definitely tough um there's no real Brent to go off. It's hard to tell if it's early or late 80s. Um, as you can tell, I guessed dead center. Uh, I was between 84, 85. I kind of got like, you hit me, you hit me last show with like 84. And I kind of gave me like mid 80s vibes, like from that song, whatever. I don't even remember what song it was last time, but it, it, it just reminded me of that. So I was like, uh, I don't listen to the mid 80s. Let's go mid. But because I, I was definitely worried, like Mary guess I was worried it could be late. Uh, I was worried it could be early like it was. I, so I, I hedged my bet and went dead center 80s. Great. Well, Nate, you go up 1-0. Mary, you guessed 90. It's been cataloged how deceptive that was. I kind of uh, <sighs> twiddling my little evil mustache over here. What'd you, what'd you hear there? I really was kind of grasping at straws. I was having trouble finding a real anchor. I was listening for Brent. Wasn't sure I heard Brent. Like I said, I'm much more into the 70s. And... <laughs> I was just having trouble. So I was like, maybe it's like at the very end of Brent or just after Brent, but like just after, but I wasn't hearing like Vince or 
don't know. I feel like I, didn't, I wasn't even sure I heard Brent. Yeah, I was kind of grasping at straws. That I did, did, didn't sound like it to me, I'll tell you. It's not why I associate we, you know? Well, Nate, you go up one zero, trying to repeat American Tie It Up. Let's play the song. Chinese menu in his head Walking through the streets He saw a folk in the rain He was looking for a place Called the old folks Gonna get a big sent in by Kyle. It was at the Oakland Coliseum on Halloween, 1991. Werewolves of London was Werewolves of London was played by the Grateful Dead a few times in 78 and then only on Halloween thereafter in 85, 90 and 91. Nate, you guessed 91. You got it exactly. Mary guessed 88, not far off. Nate, uh, what'd you hear there? I swore I heard two keys. It's got to be Bruce and Vince. Um, no way it could have been Pigpen and Keith. They only, like you said, they only started playing that in 78 when it came out. Um, and Jerry sounded way too old for it to be 78. So it clearly wasn't, clearly wasn't 78. Um, that was my first instinct when I heard the Werewolves of London come out. I was like, oh, that's pretty much the only time they ever played it. Then I heard two keys. I was like, all right, 90 or 91. Definitely could you definitely could have whipped out that 90 Halloween show. But I went 91 because of smack dab in the middle of that 90, 91, 92 period of the, the double keyboardist. I sometimes have a hard time hearing Bruce uh, and Vince because it just kind of melds into one and I'm just not that good at this. <laughs> but I I did hear and appreciate that double key right there. It was almost it was very like mm-hmm. fun and whimsical. You know, it was Halloween. It, it is subtle around. sometimes. Yeah. yeah, they do they do mesh in, they play very similar. You kind of got to listen for that, like, all right, I heard the end of one note and the beginning of another note at the same time, and there's no way that one person could be playing that, like, simultaneously. So even though they sound the same, it's kind of like where the notes come in. Like, no way someone's hitting two notes like that quick back-to-back and sustaining, holding that sound. Like, it just doesn't make sense. 
not ever not everyone really loves it. And I remember Joseph from like a few episodes ago, the jazz guy was like just mortally offended by the double keys. He's like, it, it so makes no sense. It's so redundant. Like they already have two key, uh, guitarists. Why have two keys? You know. And I see that, but I enjoyed that. So um, Nate, congratulations, back to back champ. Thank you, Mary. You're only three years off. A great run. And yeah, what'd you hear? You know, I should have known. I should have known. I thought I heard Brent on keys, but I didn't hear him sing. I should have, I was wrong on the keys. Again, I'm not as familiar with the later ones. Should have known it was post Brent, but I don't know. I, for some reason, I thought late 80s. I don't know. I was wrong. I was wrong. Well, thanks for being here, Mary. You had great takes and great analysis. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Nate, congratulations. Very impressive. Yeah, thank you. So that, that, was, that was a great competition. Okay, subscribe to Guest of the Year on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For show updates, follow us at Guest of the Year Show on Instagram. And if you want to be a contestant on the show, sponsor the show, or make comments and ask questions, email us at guesttheyearshow at gmail.com. Thanks to Dylan, who's been making the posters for the show. You can check out his work at 30,000 feet on Instagram, or if you go to our Instagram, you can get linked to it. Thank you so much to Play Dead again and everyone there. Again, it's a collaboration between Mace and Jeremy and Studio Sevens. Thank you to all of you. And yeah, for putting together the prize pack. Very fucking cool. Uh, Nate, I know we'll be rocking it. <laughs> Nodding along, love it. Um, thanks so much for listening. For the fun facts, I relied heavily on Dead.net, Dead Disc, and Grateful Dead of the Day and their commenters. Thank you to them. Thank you to the amazing tapers whose recordings made this show possible. Congratulations to our back-to-back winner, Nate. To other contestants, thanks for playing. And remember, it's all one song anyways. And I bet you good night, good night, good night. And I bet you good night, good night, good night.